Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you, Lord, for your desire to partner with us in this life. To see your kingdom come wherever we go. You go with us. We thank you, Lord, that you never leave us, you never forsake us. And it's your desire, Lord, that we step into the flow of what you want to do in this earth. And we ask that you would give us, Lord, ears to hear and eyes to see, hearts to receive the truth of that. And that we would awaken to who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. Holy Spirit, give us revelation. Thank you for leading us into all truth. Thank you for showing us things to come. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are the great teacher. You are our helper. You are our comforter. And we just yield to you right now and we thank you for bringing the word alive to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, here I am again. Believe it or not, two weeks in a row. I feel like it's a series. It's not a series. I should have taken the opportunity and made this a series. But you know, there's a couple things the Lord laid on my heart for a while. So what we're going to do is talk about um, the second thing today. Um, this comes out of, uh, it's kind of a takeaway I had listening to Andrew Womack. Anybody listen? It's probably a popular uh, thing to listen to is Andrew Womack if we go to Karis New Testament Church. Um, but Andrew Womack said this, and it kind of stuck with me. Um, he said he used to pray, uh, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. And who hasn't prayed that? And then the Lord arrested him, arrested his thinking, arrested his prayer, and said, hey, the reason I'm not using you is because you're not usable. So instead, pray, Lord, make me usable. And I thought, hello, there's something there. Uh, and I thought, That's, that is a very interesting truth right there. And it kind of uh, kind of stuck with me, like I said, and it didn't really leave me. And sometimes when we think about, you know, God using people, um, I'll at least you know say what I my first thought is: it's you see the big ministers on the big stages and and manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit in operation all the time, and and all that. And that's obviously that's uh, that's. That's real, that's true. But is it only is God only using somebody when it looks spiritual, when it looks grand, when it looks uh, large scale? Is it only when it's spiritual things? And I again I'm just I was just chewing on this story from Andrew talking about the Lord instructing him to pray and to have a heart that says, Make me usable. And I'm like, I I'm just kind of a normal guy here. I kind of, I've been working 30 years in the same shop, and, you know, it's, my days are pretty stinking routine, really, um, as far as, you know, just life goes, and you wake up, go to work, get home, eat. It's, it's just this, you know, thing. I know Pastor Chad covered something like that, and in the series we're coming to a, a close on here in the next week or two, but, you know, choose your suffering, and that's I've, apparently I've chosen that as my suffering. Uh, but 
but uh, I'm putting my hand to work. But anyway, so I believe that it goes way beyond, and I, I would hope that you would too, that it, for God to use you, it goes way beyond spiritual looking things. Everything we do is spiritual. Every, we, it's not like it's compartmental in our life. We've been, we, we want to bring God into everything we do, whether it's our, our family, especially, uh, workplace, I'm talking going to the restaurant, going to a grocery store. You've got God inside of you. The kingdom is in you. The kingdom goes wherever you go. And, uh, and He wants to use you in all of those arenas in life. Do you believe that? I believe that. So, um, what does that look like in our everyday life? What does being used by God look like in your marriage? What does being used by God look like in your parenting Maybe your grandparenting, uh, maybe in your workplace, like I said, just etc. Right? What does it look like to be used by God in your everyday life? And we all have different looking everyday lives. We all do something different. We all wake up at different times and go to bed at different times. And you know, some of us are those night owls, as they say. And I'm a morning lark. Is that correct? Morning lark. I can wake up pretty good. I fall asleep on the couch at least five times a week. And my wife leaves me there. She's alright with that. But sometimes I wake up at three in the morning and crawl back into bed. But who knows. But we're all different. And uh, our lives look different. So what I want we're going to step into is just what does a life look like? What is, what is, how, do, how does it look when we step into being usable? What does a usable life kind of look like? And and with the knowledge of knowing God wants to use us in every arena of our life. So we're going to start in the book of Colossians. Colossians 3.23 says, Put your heart and soul into every activity you do, as though you are doing it for the Lord Himself and not merely for others. Now, this is without a doubt the right attitude to start with in being usable. If you approach everything in your life and your workplace, in your family, you're doing the dishes, you're mowing the lawn, you're changing diapers, Mark, whatever you're doing. Lord, I'm doing this unto you. What, is that not a great attitude? This, this Scripture kind of guides us into that. And and here's a verse that we might need to apply in walking this out. I know everybody in here except for me can easily walk this out. It's an easy scripture, right? But here's a, the scripture in Romans 12.1. I often quote Romans 12.2, but Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What is a living sacrifice? Well, I'm stealing this from Andrew Walmack also. A living sacrifice can crawl off the altar. It can crawl back off. But in this scripture that Holy Spirit used Paul to write, our lives walked out as a reasonable service should be a living sacrifice. How many knows we're all not nuts about doing everything we got to do in our life, right? Whether it is 
folding laundry, dishes, mowing lawns, changing diapers, whatever that is. But going back to Colossians 3.23, encouraging us that whatever you do, whatever the activity is, whatever it looks like, even if you can't stand it, do it unto the Lord. And do, do you, I believe He blesses that when we, when we take that attitude. Because there's been moments putting flooring in my house. Oh Lord, thank You for delivering me from that task. I mean, I didn't get, I'm delivered from it just because it's done now. But that was, that was something new for me. I, I'm the guy that loves to hire things done. I like to go to work, make the money, come home, it's done. Here you go, thank you for your services. That's kind of where I'm at. But I face this thing, and I still cannot, with the help of my wife, but I still cannot believe, when I'm walking every day, at least once a day, I'm walking across those floors thinking, I cannot believe that this is done. <laughs> like, it seemed to last for an eternity. But, but I found myself in those moments saying, Lord, I'm just doing this unto you because this is not my thing. Like, it just, and the more I chose to have that kind of an attitude, the more, you know, I felt his grace empower me to carry it out. It's a simple, you know, I probably lost some respect from guys out there just now, but just by revealing that. But hey, to each his own, it's all right. But uh, got it done. But it was a there was a noticeable difference when I, even if I stopped at a point and I thought, man, I got to face this tomorrow. So rather than fretting and fussing and stressing and anxiety, I'm like, Lord, I don't know what I've been doing so far, and somehow it's getting done. So I'm putting my trust in you to carry this on. So I didn't mean to say all that, but that's just one example of of an activity that I chose to do unto the Lord. And I'm sure you guys have your own stories on that. So um, let's look at one of the greatest attributes of a usable person. This might be... um, How come that's underneath there? It wasn't underneath there yesterday. Anyways, you can read it though, right? It's all good. So usable people have a heart to serve. Usable people have a heart to serve. In a nutshell, the verse we just read in Colossians is speaking of serving the Lord by serving others. Was that, that was pretty clear, right? We don't have to go far and wide to serve. You don't have to go to a mud hut in Africa to serve the Lord. You can wake up out of your comfy little bed and serve the Lord by doing dishes. I don't know. But we do not have to go very far to serve the Lord, to serve the Lord by serving others, according to that verse. And um, there's more than enough opportunities uh, for us to serve right where we are in our own lives, whatever those lives look like. Right? Would you agree with that? Serving in the body of Christ, Pastor Chad, kind of, we just were chatting it up one day and kind of just talking uh, about some things and taking notice that you know you in the body of Christ I'm speaking in terms of the church world and stuff that you can really how many knows the church is we're really good consumers 
don't we like to consume the Word and just take it all in, right? But we're not, sometimes, I, I, I'm just throwing this out for myself, like I can be guilty of this big time, but there's not much outflow, there's not much output. But when you, when you choose to step into a role of serving in the way of like, rather than in, in the context of just consuming and consuming and, and not giving out, when you start giving out, that's when the real experience starts. That's when a lot more fun happens. When I stepped into those roles of whether I liked it or not, you know, it was one of those things we all had kids and we had to take our turns and stuff, but just discipling kids, there was such a blessing in that. There was such a blessing in allowing what was planted in my heart, allowing the Word of God that I've been sitting under and you know for all this time, and then started letting it flow out in whatever that looked like, there was another level of blessing in that. And if you, you know, go based off this, this conversation me and Pastor Chad had a while ago, but just you can really become stagnant in your life if, you just are, if you're just that consumer. You're just consuming and consuming and consuming. And, and it's a blessing. I don't know, if you just know somebody in your life, there's, there's such a blessing in discipling somebody. In in just choosing to pour into somebody. Um, kids are a great opportunity. Um, I'm just, apply that to your life, how, whatever that looks like. Just, 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 just try me on this. And um, I, I mean, I had such a, there was such a blessing in, and we still have a few, few more chapters to go, right, Ethan? But me and my son, we used to, he's a teenager now, pretty, he's, he's almost ready to leave the teenage years, but... You know, they need their sleep, so things change a little bit. But we used to get up on Sunday morning before church and go to the diner, and, and uh, we'd go through a discipleship course we've hosted here at Karis. But it was so exciting to just lead somebody in what you've been led in yourself and just to, just to kind of pour out what's been poured in. And there was such a, a beauty in that. And we're called to make disciples, right? We're called to make disciples. That's not what this message is fully about, but it just, I just want to encourage you. Um, that's a great way to, to step into serving, a life of, of serving in the way of just discipling or pouring into someone that you, what you've been poured into uh, from the Lord yourself. And, and He's going to come alongside you and and empower you to do that as you as you choose to do that. So let's go to the book of Mark and stay in this context of having a heart to serve. Uh, these are just a couple things Jesus said. Mark 10.43 says, But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. So Jesus said this to James after James and John uh, requested seats next to him in heaven. He said, hey, can we sit next to you? So they just those guys were a cool group of guys. They were uh, pretty interested in, in some, uh, I don't know, recognition, if you will. But Jesus says if, if, if you want to become great, you must become a servant. Jesus was 
without a doubt, the, the most beautiful model of a servant that this earth has ever experienced. And just a, a couple of verses down in Mark 10, 45, this is Jesus talking, you know. It says, For even the Son of Man, speaking of Himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. So Jesus came to this earth to serve. To serve humanity. That is a little mind-boggling to me. That our Creator came and humbled Himself as one of us to serve us. And He served us and serves us still well. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 5, 1-2. through says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. So I want to take a step back with a conversation that Philip had with Jesus. And Philip asked Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus said, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So, if we're imitators of God, we are at the same time imitators of Jesus. We're, we're His beloved children. Right? We're, we're, that's reiterated to us on a regular basis. So, this verse is directing us, encouraging us to be imitators of God. And all we have to do is look at Jesus because when we see Jesus, we see the Father. So when we serve others in love, we look like God. Jesus served, walked in love. How many knows He perfectly pleased the Father? He said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am, in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. So do you think we're usable when we're walking in love? When we're imitating God? Is that does that look like a usable life? I think it does. I think it does. And Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So a life of serving, to me it looks like a very usable life to God. One who desires to serve and to walk in love. And how many knows this love is defined in 1 Corinthians 13? Have we heard that at a few weddings? Pretty common at the weddings, right? So 1 Corinthians 13 is God's definition of love. And that Greek word, we know the Greek word agape, that's, that's the love we're talking about. The God kind of love. And I'm not going to go and, and read the entire uh, chapter or at least that part of that it defines love. But Romans 5.5 5 tells us that that love that we read about in 1 Corinthians 13, that love has been poured into our hearts by Holy Spirit. So when you step into a life in Christ, when you're born again, reborn, your spirit is reborn by the power of the Holy Spirit, that love of God, the agape love of God, that has nothing to do with based on feelings, emotions, or anything. It's a choice. 
that same love was poured into your spirit at the time you were reborn. So you have the love of God. As a child of God, you have the love of God in you. And I learned this from a minister years ago. And I thought, I didn't know you could do that. But you can. So I learned from a minister years ago. In 1 Corinthians 13, he encouraged us, you know, if you want to walk in love, if you want, to, if you want your life to look, look like this, kind of stretch yourself a little bit. And last week I mentioned what confession was, right? Confession is, one definition is saying the same thing as, right? So what God says, we have, we have the right to declare what God declares and already has declared. So if the love of God is poured out in our heart by Holy Spirit, then we have the ability, by God's grace, His supernatural enablement, to walk out a life of love. I mean, anything he says in his word, any kind of encouragement he gives or direction or, you know, teaching, wisdom, we have the power by his Holy Spirit to walk it out. That's kind of just, maybe that's common sense, but we have the power to walk out what we see in the word. So be imitators of God as beloved children, walk in love. So we have the power to do that. So, Going back to what I was getting at, I heard a minister say, you know what you should do? If you want to be one of those children of God who walks in love, put your name in there. Make it personal. So you could put your name in there. You could make it personal and say, so love is patient. I am patient. Tom, Tom is patient. Tom is kind. I am kind. I don't envy. I'm not arrogant. I don't get, you know, there's a lot of translations that really kind of expound, especially the amplified classic translation. I'm not, I don't fret, I'm not easily angered. So if you have trouble in your life in some of those areas and manifesting the love of God in your life, maybe that's an encouraging thing to you. Just open up that 1 Corinthians 13 chapter and see what love is and start speaking that over your own life and confessing that over yourself and believing that I can walk in this because God said I can. He actually encouraged me to walk in this in His Word, to walk in love. So you can say, I mean, if you have to point your finger at your face in the mirror and say, you are patient. You know, patience is in you also. As in the, the nature of God, patience is in there. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, the end of that chapter. You can even declare those things and remind yourself of that. Okay. Thank you for that feedback. Alright, let's continue on. We're going to go to the book of Philippians. Philippians 2, 3 through 5 says, In authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Just so you know, this is in the Passion Translation. It's a little more palatable. It's a lot of reading here, so I thought it did a great job. So let's continue on. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the Anointed One, has set before us. Let His mindset become your motivation. 
in just a couple of verses down in verse 7 in the same chapter. It says, Jesus emptied Himself. He emptied Himself of His outward glory by reducing Himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. And I already kind of touched on that. Is that That's the most amazing thing to me that a God, the God that created us, would come to rescue us by becoming one of us. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Let's look at another great thing uh, in the way of usability. And this is super simple. Super simple. Available. Available. So, one of the greatest things that we can be in the way of being usable, sometimes just being available. That could look like available to just stop, be still, and just rest in the Lord. Maybe Holy Spirit wants to download some fresh manna from heaven for you. And are we available enough? Or are we glued to our phones? Or are we glued to the TV? Are we glued to our favorite Netflix series? I don't know. But being available is, can be a huge thing in the way of our walk, our, our life in Christ, in being usable, being available. And I'm going to make a reference that I actually heard referenced in the, uh, in the past week. How many of just just throwing this out there, and if you haven't, please step into it. It's cool. But, you know, Pastor Chad's been at the Karis Family Bible Conference this week, this past week. So that's on YouTube. You can watch all those services that they were at. So I've been kind of doing that and feeding on that this week, and uh, I'll tell you what, you do yourself a favor. It's been so amazing. Um, But there's something that actually Andrew Womack, um, I was listening to one of his messages, and he kind of like made a reference to this, and I thought, this is a great picture of being available. And um, in Acts 9.10, the Lord says, the Lord came to a man named, well, actually, this is my notes. This isn't the word. So I'm just going to, let me start over. In Acts 9.10, the Lord came to a man named Ananias in a vision. And Ananias' response to the Lord was, here I am. That's just the simple picture of saying, I'm available. Yes, Lord. What do you want? Well, the Lord, if you know this account in the Bible, so Saul, that was Paul later, right? Saul got knocked off his horse, blinded for three days. Well, the Lord came to Ananias. Ananias was like, I'm available. Well, what do you need? So he used Ananias to restore Saul's sight and to get him baptized in the Holy Spirit. Thank God for that. I mean, I'm sure he would have used somebody else. Maybe if Ananias is like, I'm too busy, Lord. Can't you see I'm serving you right now? <laughs> Sometimes we're so busy serving the Lord, we don't have time to listen to the Lord. I don't know. I've heard people talk like that. But that's just a, a, a little glimpse of being, the beauty of being available. And we all know that Paul wrote about three-quarters of the New Testament. So, it's kind of a neat part of the story. I don't know if we hear about him. We don't hear about him later. It's kind of neat to just kind of highlight that availability of a man who is used to 
restore Paul's sight and get him filled with Holy Spirit. And the rest is history, as they say, right? So there is a, speaking of Paul's, I'm not going to go on a big story here, but one night, I've shared this before, so you can go try to find it on any messages I've done in the past, but um, I was working on a third shift uh, shift at my job years and years ago. This is 20-some years ago. And a man came up to me. His name was Paul, oddly enough. We're talking about Paul's. He came up to me, and I was kind of on a walkway, and he just came up and leaned on a table, and he said, what do you think happens when somebody kills themselves? And I'll tell you what, the slack was jerked out of me pretty quick. I thought, and there was a definite change in my, uh, I don't know, whatever I was, there was a change in me. Something was like, okay, this is serious. This is not just a random question by a random person. And I said, well, and I don't, I don't actually remember what my response was, but I knew this man. And we talked. We were, I would consider him a friend, you know, somewhere between a work, co-worker and a friend. But anyways, long story short, he came back to the Lord. He didn't kill himself with the gun that he bought or his girlfriend or his girlfriend's, the guy she was messing around with because that was his plan. To kill them and to kill himself. And when he, I do remember when he walked away, I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, this is not a coincidence. And apparently you want my attention. Like this is something, this is something serious. So I, you know, I prayed about it. Lord, you're going to have to lead me in this. I've never reached out to somebody like this. This is crazy. And uh, over the course of time, however long it was, months, whatever, he started come to a small group Bible study with me and all this stuff. So anyways, he came, to the, came back to the Lord. He had had a history of being in the church and came back to the Lord. And again, he didn't take his own life or anybody else's. That's good. And, um, but uh, he got married and uh, he, he had been divorced and had some baggage from that. But he got remarried and happily. And one day he retired and everything was fine. But I haven't talked to him since, but uh, I was just, as I was going through this, I thought that was a moment of availability. And that's just the story, you know, I have. But I mean, I'm glad I have that story. I'm glad I don't have the other story that I had to go to my coworker's funeral or even do it. I don't know. But thank God for moments like that you can look back and not regret being available. Because how many knows that's that was an inconvenient? I mean, in the natural, that wasn't convenient, and uh, that didn't fit into my schedule. <laughs> but I tell you what, God loves that man, and so His love in me. I mean, there was a definite supernatural pull and um, burden for that man, for that man's soul. So God uh, supernaturally just reached out to him. And again, that was just a a great experience for me. It it really kind of enforced um, the the importance of being available for those moments. Because you don't know who you're going to 
come across in life. And I, again, I'm sure we all have different stories at, at, at that, uh, different levels and that we could share and uh, that we're glad that we don't sit and regret and think, I'm, I'm glad I stopped for that moment and prayed with that person or told them about Jesus or just smiled. I don't know. A smile, I think, can change people's days sometimes. But speaking of Paul's, let's go back to Paul in the Bible. Um, let's read a profound verse that Paul wrote in Philippians um, by inspiration of Holy Spirit. And this is in Philippians 3.10. I really think the Amplified Classic does a great job with this, and that's why I chose to, to have this and to read this one. Um, we're just going to read part, the first part of this verse, though. But it says, For my, This is Paul speaking. The one who had pedigrees upon pedigrees of how much he measured up that he considered a steaming pile of manure. Um, all of his pedigrees in light of his life in Christ. So he says, For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of His person more strongly and more clearly, that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from His resurrection which it exerts over believers. So, Paul's determined purpose was to become intimately acquainted, to intimately know his Savior. That's what Paul was all about when you really break it all down. That was his heart. To just intimately commune and to know by revelation of Holy Spirit his King, his Savior, Jesus. How many knows that Paul was usable? I believe all of us want to be usable. I really do. In this life in Christ that we, we walk in. I really believe our relationship with the Lord is key in this life of being usable. I really believe that that should take a paramount place in our lives and and I mean I'm the first to say I got a lot of work we all got a lot of work but I can say for myself I have a God's not finished working on me yet I think there was a t-shirt in the 80s that said that or something some cross stitching or something I saw I don't know that was a common thing I saw I didn't cross stitch just so you know but uh I would see that and you know God isn't finished with me yet so we're all a work in process, but I really believe that walking out a life that is usable is a life that places Him at the forefront. His, your relationship with Him. Just this, this beautiful verse in Philippians we just read. Paul's heart being opened up here and, and, and just revealing um, his determined purpose. Um, Ephesians 5.18 encourages us to be continually filled with Holy Spirit. Uh, other translations say be, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's a continual be being filled. It wasn't a 
when you were, you were received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit came to reside on the inside of you, by the way, when you're born again. And Jesus wants to baptize you in His Spirit and fill you with His Spirit and continue to fill you every day and give you a new prayer language. And, and if you haven't experienced that, just ask for it. He's more than willing to do it. But He wants, He desires for us to be filled on a daily basis. In James 4.8, this is a verse that's kind of always been um, one, of my, one of my favorites. And I read books uh, kind of regarding this, but James 4.8 says to draw near to God and He will draw near to you. I don't care if you feel like you've, you've walked away from God by a million miles. When you turn around, you're going to be face to face. He's never left you nor forsaken you. No matter how far you think you've gone. And <clears throat> there's a pastor that I listen to on almost a, a fairly regular basis out of Seattle. Um, I think he's Seattle, but Washington State nonetheless. Um, Casey Treat. You ever real red-headed pastor, fiery, funny, gruff voice. But he's a blast to listen to. But I heard him say one time, we are, as clo- we are all as close to Jesus as we want to be. I was like, hello, that's pretty good. <laughs> right? I mean, there's another, I guess you could say it another way, the ball's in our court on this, right? So, God is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on us, right? But we are all as close to Jesus as we want to be. And, and uh, I pray that that is our heart's desire, just that our heart uh, echoes what, what Paul is saying in, in Philippians 3.10 here, um, that our determined purpose is that we may know him. And we want that we may know him intimately. Because, oh, if you're unsatisfied, Jesus is your only satisfaction. I'm telling you right now. Jesus is the only one that satisfies. And uh, I can, you know, we can all go, go on for a, on a tirade with our stories of what we've tried to fill the void with to satisfy our souls. But he, once we taste and see that the Lord is good, we know He is the only one that satisfies. And you may fall off the wagon, as they say, and forget that. But we all really know deep down inside that He is the only one that satisfies. And um, I want to read an encouraging verse. We're, we're coming to a close. We're coming in for a landing here. Um, but Philippians 2.13 says, For God is... This is so encouraging. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So that... Don't forget, if God's working on us, how many knows He's good? He's way better at working on us than I am working on floors in my house. But God is always, always at work in you, bringing, bringing to pass in you what pleases Him. He's directing your steps. And to kind of go back and point to a message if you, that really sums up this greatly, there's a message that Jim Baker, not the one that was in jail in the 80s, a different Jim Baker who pastors a church in Ohio. He did a few messages out at the family uh, Bible conference at Karis Bible College. But uh, he has a, a, a message about um, the will of God for your life. And I'll tell you what, that hammered me good, good, good. And uh, had me in tears at moments on the couch. But in an encouraging tears of joy way, but uh, God is so good. So just there's a little plug for that. They're not paying me to throw these endorsements out, but um, just a little thing. So um, 
He has blessed us. How many knows you've, you've, you've all heard this? We all know this. He has blessed us to be a blessing. Do you believe that? I believe that. So, do I have, give me, this took me two minutes to read. I timed myself. So, I'm going to try to be done here real quick. And, uh, but I just want to share something. I, I really believe Holy Spirit laid this in my heart. If I'm missing it, I'm missing it. But, this is something that's kind of been, um, this, I only knew the two lines that will be repeated in this writing or poem. But I'd like to just read this to you. And uh, it blessed me, and, and I, I believe it will bless you at some level. Um, so uh, hold tight with me. I'll try to do my best uh, poem reading that I, I can. I don't know that I've ever done this before, but this is a guy, a guy um, by the name of C.T. Studd. Um, Scott's ears perked up when I said stud. All right, so um, he actually, here's a one-liner from this guy for a frame of reference. <clears throat> His one line, this is one-liner. It says, some wish to live within the sound of church or chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. So that's where this guy's coming from. But he was a missionary in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And this, the title is, says, one, only one life will soon be passed. So maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't, but I'd like to read it. It says, two little lines I heard one day, traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart, and from my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, the still small voice, gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, a few brief years. Each with its burdens, hopes, and fears. Each with its clays I must fulfill. Living for self or in His will. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. When this bright world would tempt me sore. When Satan would a victory score. When self would seek to have its way, then help me, Lord, with joy to say, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Give me, Father, a purpose deep and joy or sorrow, your word to keep. Faithful and true, whatever the strife, pleasing you in my daily life. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Oh, let my love with fervor burn, and from the world now let me turn. Living for you and you alone, bringing you pleasure on your throne. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Now let me say, your will be done. And when at last I hear the call, I know I'll say it was worth it all. Only one life will soon be passed. 
Only what's done for Christ will last. And right in that opening verse I read, may everything we do be done as unto Him. Because that is doing it unto Christ. And when we approach our life like that, that's what's going to last. Not the accumulation of stuff. It's going to burn up like wood, hay, and stubble. But only what we do in the name of Christ in our life will last. In my prayer every day, I've shared this multiple times, but it really stuck with me last year when we did a series. My prayer every day is, Lord, make me a blessing to others today. Whatever that looks like. I don't care if it looks like picking up a gum wrapper off the floor. That's just become my prayer and I pray that that's your prayer. And, and to add to that, I also pray, Lord, make me usable. And I pray that that would be your prayer as well. So, I hope you were encouraged today at some level. And, and God is so crazy about you. And He wants to partner with you. And He wants to walk with you. And He wants to do great things with you. And uh, He has come to live, like I said, on the inside of you. And His very desire is to walk with you in your walk, in your journey in Christ. And to see the kingdom expand. Because the kingdom has never stopped expanding once it arrives. And uh, we are a part of it. And we get to be a part of this great, great thing. Where we kind of talked earlier about the whole of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. And how beautiful a picture that is for all of creation. Even the creation that are other humans that have not stepped into that resurrection life yet, whether they know it or not, they are crying out. They may not know how to, but they are crying out for life that only comes through Jesus. And maybe you are to be the display of that in their life. Let's, let's close in prayer and we're going to finish with one final worship song. Amen. Lord, we thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for Your grace. And Lord, we pray, make us usable. Lord, we desire to walk this life out, not in regret, but in the victory that You have won for us. In Christ Jesus, it was finished at the cross. Everything we need to walk out a life of victory. And we just pray, Lord, that uh, by Your Spirit, You would lead us and guide us. Thank You for ordering our steps. Thank You for never giving up on us. Thank You for continually working in us. And thank You that You will bring to completion the good work that You began in us until the day of Christ Jesus. We just lay ourselves wide open and ask that You would just continue to do that work in us, Lord, and, and continue 
to reveal to us by your Spirit who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. And we just choose right now to magnify you and praise you and worship you, Lord, because you are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.